Hi, I'm Jill Gaikowski. And I'm Ashley Allison. And today we have Happy Bottoms board member Mark Ungashik on the podcast. Woo. Mark is, yeah, we love Mark. You're going to hear all about the love fest. I think we pretty much cover that in the podcast. <laughs> it goes always. Always, yeah. All the way through. Um, but I really think that you might like to hear about how he grew up with nine siblings in one bathroom. I mean, you know, not uncommon for for that time period, I don't think. But can you imagine these days? What I, I don't, yeah. Oh, I think we would be <laughs> killing each other. I mean, we could even over quarantine with like four people in a house. It was too much. I can't imagine. <laughs> right. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But um, anyway, we hope you enjoy, Mark. Hi, my name is Mark, and 64 and a half years ago, my life started in diapers, and it may end up in diapers as well. <laughs> uh, so, Mark, we're going to dive in. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Uh, sure. I don't know what it is, so shoot. Have you ever, have you ever been on a podcast, Mark? Um, officially, no. So tell us a little bit about your early life. You know, where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? Things like that. Sure. So um, if I had grown up, it would have been uh, <laughs> right here in beautiful Brookside. Uh, uh, I am one of nine children. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I'm number, th number three in the line. So, wow. Yes, grew up in a... Uh, a nice house with one full bathroom and nine kids. Wow. Yes. How was that? How was that? Uh, it was wild. <laughs> but you also <laughs> didn't know any different, I guess. We didn't know any different. So when we right. bathed three at a time in the bathtub, uh -huh. you wanted to be one of the first three because you didn't <laughs> want to be one of the last three. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, just a little bit about... The family, the, the five boys are uh, Joseph, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So you can probably guess how my father rolled. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. my, mom, my mom named the four girls. They're all French names. So she had a little more creativity. <laughs> so you're a little bit Catholic then. A, a little bit or a lot. <laughs> just a little, just a yeah. little bit. <laughs> yes, I, I cannot deny that. That would be, that's, Big that's an easy call. Catholic yeah, big Catholic family. Did you go to church every Sunday then growing up and the whole, oh my the whole God. deal? Ju just on Sunday? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. also uh, embarrassing that we uh, we sent out Christmas cards every year, you know, with our picture, family picture. And one year, mm -hmm. all nine of us kneeling around the living room in our pajamas saying our evening, our family prayers. Wow. Yeah really embarrassing when you go to school and your friends have all seen the picture <laughs> how, how, well was it catholic school okay yes uh saint peter's right right in brookside so okay yeah okay good saint peter's still there yeah. so big catholic family in brookside nine but only one bathroom so do you know if you were in let's see no offense mark but 
there probably weren't disposable diapers back then. I'm learn. Uh, I've I've only learned from doing this podcast. Lots of cotton diapers. You can cotton imagine diapers. With nine with nine kids. Actually, there was eleven pregnancies in thirteen years. <gasps> wow! Oh my God! Yes. Your poor mother. So she 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 would remember things based on still does based on either who she was pregnant with or who was an infant, and that's pretty much <laughs> wow. how she Sorry. yeah that's how she tracks time. And so, do you remember? So, if you were third in line, did you have some diaper duty of younger siblings? Did that ever? I have changed many, many, many cloth diapers. I have cleaned cloth diapers. I know how to use the uh, the old safety pins. Can you tell us about this? Well, I can tell you this: that yeah, because you you didn't have a choice, <laughs> uh, <you laughs> right? Ones, um, and uh, you, I learned early on, you only shove that pin through your thumb one time you never do it a second time <laughs> wow yeah wow and so you washed them all in-house i'm guessing there was no like fancy service no 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 wash it, wash it dryer. <laughs> right okay right yeah okay Interesting. and by the way i now since i now have a uh, two and a half year old granddaughter um i have changed many many diapers recently and they are disposable yeah. But I've gotten very good at it. Well, that's good. Probably a lot easier than dealing with those safety pins in a squirrely baby. A lot easier, but I will tell you the smell is the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, so growing up Catholic and with nine siblings, I mean, I know you, I know you're a very giving guy and you're very philanthropic. Do you, do you think some of that came from your childhood and your upbringing? Was that just who you are? How, how did that come into your life? I would see that's a good question. It's, I never thought about it. It's uh, I would say it's probably a family trait. Mm -hmm. um, my, I think my father was probably uh, pretty generous. Um, and, uh, and he, he passed away long ago, uh, mm. 30, 35 years ago or something. Oh, wow. So, uh, so my mom, I think, carried on the tradition and pretty much instilled it in the rest of us. So I think most of us are um, involved in uh, uh, charitable organizations and probably give as, probably not as much as we can, but. We're, we're, <laughs> a lot. We're, not exactly. A lot. Maybe we could push the envelope a little more because when you say <laughs> you give, there's always a little bit more to give. Right. So, uh, so we, we still have. We still have much to learn. Well, that must just even hearing you talk about it like that. We say we give, but there's probably more to give. Clearly, clearly that was ingrained in you somewhere along the line. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, knowing my father, it was more like beat into us instead of ingrained. <laughs> Where are your parents from Kansas City? Uh, father is from Canton, Ohio. Mother's from Midland, Michigan. She, she was... 10 years younger than he was. Um, oh, wow. Yes. Um, she was a flight wow. attendant for TWA. And oh, so, amazing. Yes. Back in like the flight attendant heyday, I bet. Back in the, wow. yeah, back when it was a, uh, a glorious, uh, you yeah, know, job. Thing yes, it was, it was the real deal. I bet she has and some great she can, stories. Um, at, at age 91, she can still fit into her uniform. 
Wow. That's Does she still have it? Yeah. So yeah, she still has it. Oh, that's incredible. She uh, not only did she have it, she hosted a bunch of her girlfriends who were flight attendants. Um, they did a uh, a lunch and then a flight on the Connie on the Constellation that was down at the old airport. And they came in from different places around the country. Um, and uh, she wore her her original TWA uniform. That's incredible. That's yeah. Yeah. really especially cool. after. Especially after eleven pregnancies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, I, yeah, I bet there's some good stories and memories there. That's really cool. That's really cool. For sure. So, so, can you tell us something in your life that has grown out of a personal disaster? Oh, so many years ago. Gosh, I I could do that. Thirty three, thirty four years ago, um, did an intervention with my sister a year younger. Um, she had become a binge drinker. Mm. Um, she was in Air Force intelligence. She was the first woman accepted to West Point into the Air Force Academy. Wow! No pressure. Yeah. No pressure. And no she pressure was in, at all. She was actually uh, at that point uh, stationed in the uh, White House. She was the liaison. Wow. She was the liaison between the Air Force and the uh, the Air Force Pentagon and the White House, and uh, she had. When, when, the, when time she was in intelligence and when the hot times would be over, if they were, they were on working for 36, 40, she would go out rather than, um, rather than go, go home, home and sleep. sleep. Yeah. So, um, she got out after 10 years and then we did an intervention and that was, uh, for the family, as you can imagine, mm -hmm. very close to all the kids and what have you, it was eye opening. Um, but you know, it taught us a lot about, about life and, and things don't always work out the way you plan or expect them and you, you make the best of it and you, you roll with it and learn from it. So that was that, that, that was an early lesson. And she now she's, uh, she's 33, 34 years sober. Wow. Lives in Phoenix. She's the only one of the family that doesn't live in Kansas city. Um, and she has four children and, and wow. she's, yeah, she's still overly involved in everything she does. Um, but she's, yeah, she's a remarkable, <laughs> <laughs> remarkable, remarkable person. Amazing. And so, and you said your whole, your family kind of sat down and did that, or was it just a few of you? Yeah, I think uh, the older, um, three older or four. siblings. Yeah. And my mom. Yeah. Um, so what's the age range of the kids? Like how far apart are, th are they? Well, you said 11 and 13 years. So you're all pretty close together. Pretty close. Um, my wow. oldest sister, Amy. So she I'm going to think uh, probably she died of leukemia probably 12 years ago. Mm. Um, and she's the only one not living. Um, and then brother Joe's a year younger and then me. So I'm third. Um, so Amy, I'd be, I'd be 64, Joe 65. Um, and the youngest would be 50, 55. Wow. Yeah, there we go. Well, just um, in knowing you and like the success that your sister had, you must have had an amazing parent role model situation because, I mean, are there a lot of successful people in your family? Uh, there, <laughs> I would, there, it was a pretty competitive environment growing <laughs> up, yes, um, would be a good way to put it. Um, we we, we kind of did sports on our own because you know, parents were a little bit busy, so they weren't going to games and stuff like that. Um, but 
um, in, in terms of, I guess, probably academically and probably whatever you were doing, it was pretty competitive. So um, I think it was just expected that we would go to college. Uh, in fact, all four girls have advanced degrees, two or three of them or whatever. So I wow. think it was it was well ingrained that, uh, you know, it. I think we just, you know, picked up the pieces and that's the direction we went and everybody went, uh, you know, different ways and different directions, but um, we're all- You're all so high close. achievers and competitive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we would not, and we would argue about how <laughs> about the achievement levels. Of course, of course. <laughs> Who do you all still get together? Uh, yep, you know, yeah. Christmas, Thanksgiving, um, whatever uh, events. Um, uh-huh. My mom. Um, so she after after uh, my dad, as I mentioned, passed away. So mm-hmm. after 19 years of being single, um, she met um, a man. <laughs> that's very I, sweet. So on the operating tables, she was, she was what? getting, her, she was getting her shoulder repaired. Um, she tore, speaking of competitiveness, she tore her rotator cuff, trying to pull in 150 pound Marlin down in, down what? deep sea fishing. And she would not give it up. So she <laughs> fought it for, for 45 minutes, tore her rotator cuff. So when she got back to Kansas city, she had to have it repaired. Uh, the anesthesiologist, as she was getting ready to put her under and she had been talking to her said, you know what? She said, you seem like a really cool woman. And she said, I lost my mom to cancer a few years ago. And my dad's really cool. Would you go out with my dad? <laughs> what are you going to say? No. That's amazing. <laughs> right. To, to the anesthesiologist. <laughs> yeah. So, so in fact, uh, three or four weeks later, um, he called her and it was like, you know, puppy love. And uh, so they've Aww. now been here for uh, 16 years. That's amazing. That's really yeah. sweet. That's sweet. So now you know the whole Angashik story. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so we are all leaders in some way. Can you tell me how you are a leader and if there was a defining point or person that led to that? You know, um, I think growing I was very close to, we were close in ages. So growing up, we were very close to each other. Um, and uh, I got out of college and I wanted to not come back to Kansas City. So um, it, the year before I'd gotten an internship in Chicago and then did my interviewing and uh, decided I wanted to stay in Chicago. So I took a job in Chicago. And I, even though I got a degree in engineering, I never wanted to be an engineer. All I ever wanted to be is, was in sales. So I went right into technical sales. And, wow. Uh, yeah, it was a fabulous experience. You know, you're living in Chicago, you got a job. I was working a lot of hours because I was on the road quite a bit, um, learning the business and what have you. Um, it was a fabulous uh, five and a half, six years. So I would say in terms of, it, you learn at an early age to, you know, you have to um, kind of do your best, um, make what you can. Um, and then uh, I came home and, uh, uh, my father was started in the in working for him for, in the business for a couple of years, and and he said you need to come back to Kansas City, and so, uh, but at age I was 29, he was 30. Uh, my dad died, and uh, and we had a business of about 150 wow. employees, and we were certainly not equipped 
to be running a business. Uh, but my brother Joe had a um, accounting degree, and I had the engineering degree, so um, we just we kind of dove in head first. Wow. So I learned a little bit about a lead, leadership, uh, but not just... from <laughs> yeah, not from a book, but from doing yeah. From real life. Yeah. Real life jumping in. That was. Did that feel like a lot of pressure? I mean. Obviously, you were dealing with the death of your dad, which, you know, had its own weight and and things. But then to take over that business had to was it pressure or was it um, because you're kind of an overachiever and competitive? Was it like, OK, yeah, we, we can do this. Well, you know, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I never even stopped. I neither one of us ever stopped to think about it. Um, uh-huh. and, and we didn't take over the business. The business took over us. <laughs> <laughs> we learned that. We learned uh-huh. that real quickly. Um, and, you know, by doing and you make mistakes and you hopefully um, learn from the mistakes and then you make more mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. We got we were fortunate. Um, my uh, one of my younger brothers is still in the business. We sold the business five years ago, um, which was just a, a good, good time and a wonderful opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. But we you know, it, the business did well, we grew it. Um, we got into some international business and, uh, I got to travel the world and, you know, um, just phenomenal, uh, experiences. So I would say this, um, I never had a bad day when I worked. I, there wasn't a single day all those years that I went to work and said, God, I can't, I, I don't want to go to the office today. But on the other hand, the, um, it took me about five seconds after I retired to uh, to fully retire. So uh, <laughs> that's yeah. a great that's great. Well, it is. It, you know what? I know a lot. There's a lot of stories about people that re- either retired too early or wish they had stayed on and and miss mm-hmm. it. And um, I don't miss it a bit. I'm just <laughs> busy, busy doing other things. You seem like you're the type of person who can just enjoy whatever you're doing, wherever you are. A little bit. Almost whatever. Almost whatever. <laughs> okay. but I, the new life is uh, cha- changing diapers with my granddaughter. Uh, that's, right. Um, getting back to the diaper right. stories. Um, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, life is life is absolutely terrific. Oh, good. So um, what do you most value in life? Um, I, I value friendships. I probably more than anything. I think that's what holds us together. I think that's what keeps our compass pointing in the right direction. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, being able to share with friends, being able to pick each other up, um, Mm -hmm. to have social experiences, to, um, you know, to learn from each other. Um, so I think, yeah, I think friendship Mm -hmm. off the cuff, I would say that's probably number one. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're happy bottoms, obviously we're helping families who, um, this is, this is happy bottoms. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) I didn't say what's happy bottoms. Um, (laughs) you know, we help families who can't afford diapers for a variety of reasons and um you know obviously you're on our board and why why do you think 
some of us end up in a pile of it and some of us get out clean. Yeah, boy, I tell you, if I, that's probably the one thing I, you know, um, growing up, I don't think I recognized or really stopped and thought about how lucky I was and how lucky, you know, my brothers and sisters and so many of us that are born into a situation, if you will, mm -hmm. um, you know, hopefully you make the best of it and you, uh, you improve as you go. But, you know, we had a, we had a great start, you know, we, we, we had further to succeed based on, you know, um, where we came from. Um, and then getting involved in, uh, I try to get involved in some um, urban uh, um, nonprofits and uh, it's kind of become uh, my wife's and my kind of our calling card. And uh, to see um, different places where uh, people are born into situations that, you know, I couldn't even dream of years ago and to learn those experiences and to see how some of those people just pull themselves up and, you know, and grow and, and achieve. And, and, and uh, I mean, they're, they're the, to me, they're the real heroes because they've mm -hmm. come so far from, you know, um, where they started. And so I appreciate that. And then I appreciate that those that just can't, I mean, it's just, it's so hard. It's, you know, there's so many obstacles and, you know, so many hurdles to overcome. So, you know, if it's happy bottoms and diapers or whatever, Right. A little bit that can help a, a family uh, maybe get over those hurdles. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's a pretty easy yes. What were what are some of the early uh, philanthropic or nonprofits that you got involved with when you really started? Like what kind of was there a moment that this kind of was really eye opening for you? Yeah. And I, um, one that just happens to be one of your partners, um, Operation Breakthrough. Mm hmm. Uh, my mom got involved with them very, very, very early on. Um, she got, she hosted, I think, one of their first uh, um, sort of a, a luncheon kind of a, um, it was very grassroots. And uh, so um, we were much younger and we got to watch, you know, her get involved in that. And I mm -hmm. think we just kind of learned by osmosis. And then um, when my kids were in uh, junior high and high school, they volunteered there. Um, nice. So we stuck with that. And so we got to see, you know, kind of the development of that program and the families and, and you know, how it worked for the families. So um, I started uh, volunteering at Operation Breakthrough. My wife is currently on the board at Operation Breakthrough. Uh -huh. So, yeah, so it's kind of a family affair thing. <laughs> um, it is. Yeah. So, um I would say that was probably the first um, philanthropic organization where we got, you know, we really dug in rather than mm -hmm. just writing, writing checks. Mm -hmm. but there's nothing wrong with writing checks. In fact, it's great to write checks. <laughs> That's right. Um, but writing checks and then getting involved in the organization and seeing things firsthand, uh, I think kind of brings it th uh, 360. You also talked about how friendship is something you value. And I often wonder with, some families who are struggling or end up in a pile of it, I wonder what what friendship or community they're missing out on that, you know, is there some link there to um, helping them, you know, get out of whatever situation it is that they are in? So, yeah, so Operation Breakthrough, mm -hmm. um, 
my wife and I got introduced to a program that they were starting called Adult Connect. Mm. And no surprise with kids and stuff. I mean, it's so hard because um, they so many of them come from, you know, um, one parent families and they just don't have the parenting skills that, you know, with then they then they're now parents and they have children. And so um, they've learned that by connecting the different uh, um, parents at an mm-hmm. after school program. So the kids get to, you know, play in the maker space or do other things while the parents are interacting and they're working on mm-hmm. parenting skills. And uh, I see that by learning from each other and what works and what doesn't work and being honest about some of their stories and some of their, uh, some of their, um, some of the not so good stories. Um, yeah. They were able to share those experiences and then they learn from each other and they become better parents. And then they pass those same skills on to their kids. I mean, that's kind of the, uh, the hope, right? That it, yeah. it branches out and becomes a, a life learning experience for all of them. So um, I think those friendships and then what they found out is those families that those uh, parents have become friends and they stay in contact with each other and they kind of uh, create some, uh, it's like the vine, you know, that keeps growing. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, I, I've seen that program develop over the last four or five years and it's really phenomenal. That's amazing. I love that. That's, That's awesome. yeah, I think it's really important. So how do you think we're all the same? Well, you know, um, I bet if uh, each one of us poked our thumb with a, uh, an old diaper pin. I'll bet, I'll bet all the blood would be red. I bet you're right. <laughs> um, and that's just uh, funny ways. You know what? Um, we are really are. We're all mm-hmm. born of the same, uh, um, same skin, the same, um, same minds, the same souls, this, you know, what makes us live and breathe. Um, we grow into different experiences, different uh, places are, if you will, some of our lots in life. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think um, at, at our hearts and our souls, we're basically all the same um, people, no matter where we are in the world. And I've been fortunate enough to travel the world and see people from so many different uh, places and cultures and um, experiences. And um, I see a lot more similarities than I see differences. I think we make mm-hmm we make our own differences and we, you know, probably expand on those differences more than we should. And we should concentrate more on, uh, you know, what makes us the same. Absolutely. I love that answer. I was just listening to a podcast last night and they were talking about how, you know, race is really a made up thing that's, that doesn't exist. And they were explaining how it's just like dogs, like you have all these different kinds of dogs, but they're all dogs we're all humans there's not you know we're all humans we all you just like you said we you prick us and we're all going to bleed the same color mm-hmm. um so it's really that's really i like it yeah, i should i should be listening to that podcast <laughs> <laughs> by the way what, what's a podcast right <laughs> you'll find out soon when as soon as you uh, listen to this i was afraid you'd say that <laughs> Um, is there anything else you want to share with us or Ashley, do you have any questions? I don't really have any questions. I was just going to kind of talk about, 
you know, I think one thing that, and I've mentioned this before, but I think one thing that makes us all the same is that we're all looking for connection and that's why, you know, friendships are really important. And I think a lot of nonprofits have moved towards a model of, you know, creating these connections between two people so that, you know, sometimes when we think about like all the problems in Kansas city or all the problems in the world or all the problems in the country, if we can just invest in one person, you know, and kind of walk along their journey, sometimes that can have a huge impact as opposed to trying to take like, you know, a broader approach. Like you, know, you think about big brothers, big sisters or the mentoring program you're talking about. I just think that sometimes people need someone to walk alongside them. You know, we had a food pantry at our church and we started a program where, you know, once someone had come to the food pantry over a period of time, then we would see if they wanted somebody to mentor them. Maybe it was like budgeting or parenting or just skills that they, you know, you can pick up a book, but if you have somebody there to kind of coach you along and be your accountability partner and, you know, believe in you and invest in you through your time, your talents, your treasure, whatever it is. I just think that that can sometimes make a really big impact on a person. If they just have one other person that is on their side, believes in them and is their cheerleader, you know. Boy, Ashley, I hope that was recorded. It was. <laughs> so I got, I have to say that is it. I never even thought about this, but um, there's a, uh, a food bank that I um, work at uh, Thursday mornings packing groceries and met a gentleman there and gosh, he's 10, 12 years older than I am. And I started just, his name is Jamal. He's just a fascinating guy. And I started getting to know him and what have you through the last four or five years. And this is a guy that he went to prison. Well, not, he, he was, he he drove a getaway car at a bank robbery when he was 14 years old. Oh, he's been in and out of, you know, he's probably spent more years of his life in prison than out, but he's been out for several years. Phenomenal person. I have learned more talking to him and about his philosophies and things like that. And you want to talk about somebody that's, you know, come from probably the shallowest point and, you know, and where he's at now. Um, so the, the, that one-on-one, -on -one, that is a fabulous um, example. Um, I'm, I'm glad you said that. By the way, I, before I get cut off, um, you're not going to get cut off. I didn't know I might, but <laughs> I didn't know Jill. I didn't know Jill, but I knew her story from uh, Liz and from mm -hmm. Pam. So um, I was kind of, you know, fascinated when she came back and, and with, you know, I mean, that was part of my attraction to get, maybe getting a little more involved with Happy Bottoms. Um, and then I, so, so I've gotten to know a little bit more about Jill, but still much to learn. And then you, Ashley, um, as I told, I think Jill yesterday or two days ago in an email, you're a hero of mine. Oh. <laughs> Why in the world is that? Um, just because I, I like the way you hold yourself. I like the way you interact. Uh, you always have a smile on your face. I've never seen you frown. I'm sure it's happened before, but I never have seen it. So, um, so I don't know. You're <laughs> and I thought you were like 25 years old, so you correct me on that one. But no, you're sort of a, you know, we can be as old as me and as young as you, and you can be my mentor, and it doesn't have to be the other way around. Um, so I consider you a mentor. Oh, well, that really touches my heart. I, you're one of my favorite people too. You always have a smile on your face and coffee in your hand. Yeah, and and usually I, never, <laughs> I never said you had good taste though. <laughs> Well, you probably wouldn't be wrong there. 
<laughs> I'll leave only one tidbit. Um, I'm not writing a book, um, but my wife just completed her first book and just wow. turned, it over, turned it over to an editor uh, two days ago. So we'll see where we we'll see Amazing. where that goes. What yeah, is that her was, book about? Well, um, it takes place in the late uh, 1940s. It's small town. Wow. Um, it's uh, it's she calls it a, a I don't know, some type of thriller. It's not really a mystery, but um, ah. it's a, it's uh, quite revealing. Um, but there there happens to be a, a murder or two wrapped into the book, but it's not about that. It's about the growth of a daughter and her mom who's wow. turns out to be sort of a wretched human being. Um, but I will say this much, um, and I've kind of, she, over the last year, she reads things to me and we talk, you know, to kind of work through. And so... Um, the more I've, you know, known about her skills, and she's a fabulous writer, um, I now sleep with one eye open. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where are you coming up with these ideas? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and you know what, Jill and Ashley, because you're so involved in your, in your calling and your um, child's lives, right? Um, you it, it's hard to pull yourself back and look around and realize that that's not your, all you're involved in. Um, you, you're, you're involved in so many things and you affect so many people. It's just hard to see it because you're so focused. Mm -hmm. So if, I will say this, I'll leave this with you. If there's one advantage and there may only be one advantage to getting older, it's perspective. That's my, mm -hmm. that's my uh, yes. motto. And yes. if, if nothing else, as we get older, we have perspective. Yeah, definitely. How long have you and your wife been married, Mark? Um, so I, I, uh, I was married the uh, first time 27 years. Um, oh, wow. And then um, my wife and I are almost married eight years. Uh, we've known each other almost 10 years. Um, and it's mm -hmm. been a fabulous, uh, fabulous rebirth at the last 10 years. It's been just Aww. absolutely wonderful. So I've I'm pretty blessed when it comes to everything that's uh, gone around, uh, you know, in my life. I've had a wonderful life and it just keeps getting better. So, and I give her a lot of credit. That's amazing. That's awesome. Amazing. Thanks for all you do, Mark. Yeah. Oh, amazing. More, more coming. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you, kids. Mark Ungeschick. <laughs> I love him. I can't believe he said he I was his hero because he's one of my heroes. So he did. Like, he told me that yesterday and I didn't tell you because I wanted I was hoping he would say something about it today. He just loves you. So um, so sweet. He is really sweet. And he, I think that Happy Bottoms is so incredibly lucky to have him um, involved in what we do. And I really do want to have him back and just chat and hear more about some of his work experience and life travels and all the people that he's met and all the causes that he's been involved in. And, um, he's just, I don't know. It's just something about that. You know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it cause he has such a positive attitude all the time that things just seem to work out or does he just, it works out because he just has a positive attitude no matter what it is. Right. That's, that's the question. I, I think he's probably got a bunch of amazing stories though, just because 
when you meet him you're immediately comfortable like he just Mm -hmm. you know he's somebody that is friendly that you can talk to so I bet that people are really at ease with him and you know yeah he's probably got a million million different stories I love people like that yeah me too awesome all right well thanks everybody Bye. bye